like a demon. That was brownish, gray, and white. A righteous soul temporarily possesses a body. <laughs> the Dibic box. This evil thing. <laughs> Touche, sir. The Rugaroo. It has potential to be dangerous. The Wild Hunt. There's something large crawling out of the water. That's just between me and the feds. Baba Yaga. <laughs> I'm Todd. I'm Jamie. I'm Bill. Welcome to Stranger Happenings Podcast. And like I said, Jamie, that antibiotic they have you on should take care of that rash. <laughs> oh, we're recording. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Actually, Bill, the back team spray is working quite well. And as you all know, they, they can I'm, use that for infections. Interesting. Yeah, you know. Where I and come from, you, you know, just I, you just sit in the Ohio River for twenty four hours. <laughs> While drinking a Mountain Dew, and it'll heal. It heals what ails you. I'm here to tell you. I I know guys from down by where you're from. They would just dip their hands in bleach to see if there's anything on them. (laughs) Not even kidding. I guess like I could wait out. Well, I'd have to drive home to mom, where my mom's from, and or not where my mom's from, but where my mom lived, and the. Could hop in the Illinois River, see if it would heal my uh, non-existent rash that Bill's <laughs> trying to convince people that I have. Yeah. He's just jealous because I wore pants and remembered <laughs> to leave them on wait, until wait, we wait. started wow. recording. Okay. Now, everyone knows you're lying. There's <laughs> no one on the planet who th- would think Bill is jealous because someone else is wearing pants. <laughs> <laughs> I proudly do not have pants on right now. And the best I'm part is, Vegas, I don't right? have on pants right now. I'm wearing a skirt. <laughs> Maybe I have my kilt on. I don't. You don't. <laughs> I'm too lazy to put one on right now. <laughs> Not for no reason. In case you... <laughs> yeah. In case you haven't listened to our previous episode, which is the... Good choice. First half of our Jack Parsons double feature, you should totally go back and listen to it first because the second part is the second half where we do kind of follow Jack Parsons' life. We talk, I talk a lot, a lot about rocketry and explosions <laughs> and towels. And Bill and Todd and Jake, who's our guest star yes. from the Flask at Hand podcast. Great episode that you can, a great episode, <laughs> a great podcast that we will link to in our show notes and we'll link to in our group on Facebook. You can uh, pop over there and check it out. You'll love Jake in this episode. I hope you love rockets and explosions as much as I do. And if you don't, you can fast forward until you hear Bill and Todd and Jake talk because they're talking about sex magic, which is also cool. But let's be honest. Rockets. <laughs> yeah. Space. I, I, like <laughs> I like all of it combined. It's this. Well, I like yeah, yeah I do too. I'm totally into all like, of it. But I, I, really... I could turn on Discovery Channel for the rockets. I, I, like how... I wish he... 
I wish his life had been like ten years later because then I feel like we could have gotten like some video footage of him. But if he'd been ten years later, that means we'd be behind in the space race. We would be behind in the space race. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's very true. And we might not have won the war. We might not have won the Cold War. We might not have won World War Two. Nope. World War Two, yeah. Yeah. Is that how, crazy? How could I miss that part? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you think about it, though. If we didn't have the, the jet fuel that he invented, right? Think of, what, think of the difference that made. God. Yeah. Could you yeah. imagine? Yeah, because, like, huge. truly, we we won the war because of that. Like, because of our air, our airstrikes. Yeah. So the main That's reason so we won. crazy to think about, man. I, I, I don't know if the bomb was going to win us for. True, true. They, also, oh, also, we probably wouldn't have the moon child walking around Earth. We we wouldn't That's have right. a moon child walking around Earth. That's very true. That was, yeah, and we need that moon child. Moon child's very important. <laughs> Definitely, a new goal in my life is to produce a moon child. It's going to get real weird. Well, you have to do with an <laughs> elemental. I do have to. I have to find an elemental to do it with. We probably need to go out in the desert, which I do like to do. The desert's cool. Um, I don't know that I want to, like, speak in tongues and, like, I don't know what Ollie was doing out in the desert. I don't know. I need a scribe, though. Which one of you is going to be the scribe? <laughs> My handwriting's sloppy. <laughs> yeah, same. Uh, well, oh, wait, no, we'll no, have no. to subcontract that. I think Jake's coming back. Wasn't one of Curly's issues that he had a scribe in the first place? Because that that well, last no, it depends which Richard you're talking about. I know, but the it, last one on. was supposed to be done by himself, no, wasn't no. it? The Babylon oh. walking should be done by itself. The uh, the crossing the abyss should have a second person. Oh, crossing okay. the abyss. Oh yeah, because requires... yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yes. it requires full sodomy for crossing the abyss. Jeez, Louise. Hmm. Ugh. Okay, never mind. I, if, you do, if you could do that, not yourself, that. I am very yeah. impressed. <laughs> I mean, there are ways that we are going to go into on this podcast. <laughs> is it forced <laughs> if I do it to myself? Well, you got that's, more than one personality, I'm pretty sure. So that's a possibly. gray area. I have more than one personality. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's if you wash it properly, JB, it's not gray. It's more of a uh, pinkish. Ugh. Oh my god, he's so <laughs> gross. <laughs> this uh, took a turn. <laughs> oh goodness, here we go again. <laughs> so, anyways, enjoy let's, our part two. Let's get back to Jack, Jack Parsons. Parsons. <laughs> oh, we're recording. I wanted beast. to throw that in there. Yes, the Great Beast. Just in case people aren't super familiar with him, but hopefully you are. Because we're totally going to have a whole episode. Definitely about Aleister Crowley. And maybe we'll have one about Thelema. Realistically, we could almost do a two-episode on Crowley, Thelema, yeah. and the Ordo Temple Orientis. We really and there's all Plus, not to mention, he's also a member of the Second Star. That's true. This is true. And the Temple of the, what, the Golden Dawn? Yes. Yeah. That's so, yeah, all. We can touch yeah. on it. We can touch on it quickly, so so the people understand what Thelema is and why it was such a big deal with Aleister Crowley yeah, and all of that. Tell and, us and about because, it. because Jack, well, I'm just going to touch on it because Jack Parsons <laughs> is a it becomes becomes a big part of that world. Uh, but basically, it's really simple that this the, the Thelema or the Thelemic belief is that every 
single human has their uh, own destiny in their own hands, right? So they control yes. their own destiny. It was basically, um, thou shalt do what thou wilt. Okay, yes. so like, do what you want is yeah. like this religion this guy created, right? Yes. And uh, and that's why it was so terrible and so wonderful <laughs> for so many people right? because because it was the the idea that no matter what you wanted to do, that was okay. Yeah. And, um, and so anyway, it was, it was uh, a lot like most money-making cults where, I mean, there was, there was money, man. You had to have money yeah. to, to do this stuff. But anyway, it was kind of like an MLM. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. A little so, bit. Uh, Thilem is the English transliteration of the Greek noun ulima, meaning will from the verb thilu, to will, wish, want, or purpose, just FYI. And at this first visit, Parsons witnessed the Gnostic Mass, which is basically their version of like an Eastern Orthodox Roman Catholic Mass, but kind of bastardized, of course. Um, And he was intrigued, but I should note, he already knew who Crowley was. He had already been reading books by him and had read a copy of Knox on Pax, which was one of his texts what were you gonna say bill that this is not the first uh oral templi orientis temple the original one i believe was in europe yeah uh, the number the fourth man in charge wasn't there one in new york too or something no not at this point sorry um the first one i I doesn't say where it was at but but uh because crowley was in charge until 25 and started in 1905 right Right. actually pre-1905 the second one i know of uh, Agape Lodge Number One was in Vancouver, British Columbia, in 1915, and mm-hmm. the one that Jack Parsons went to was called Agape Lodge Number Two. That one was founded in 1935 by Wilfred Talbot Smith. I yes. only wanted to go back and explain that because it's very important who Wilfred Talbot Smith is yeah. later on. I was it is it is yeah. getting to him yeah, and he's <laughs> nice. a, he's kind of an important part of the story too. And I just wanted to like quickly and mention, yeah, but, also, but also fuck him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause you know what? Yeah. See you later, buddy. We, we, we got a guy to take your place. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For being who he was, he's pretty stupid really. Mm-hmm. But that was the thing. Parsons had massive respect for him and he like continued to financially only support Parsons did. him and uh, Helen, nope. which yeah. we'll, we'll get more into that, but yeah, we so don't want to interrupt next- your your hot rocket talk, Sorry. but are we moving into are we, are we moving into uh, that realm now with Jack Parsons what, what and James doesn't know Alima? is James is an orgasm denier. I bring in the occult stuff to, to slow her down on the rocket talk. <laughs> nice, nice, yeah. <laughs> Calm down, Jesus. <laughs> what, what, every time we talk about the occult, what is Edge and Jamie? <laughs> okay, all right. Wow. So, <laughs> both Helen and Parsons, they're into it. <laughs> they're into Crowley. <laughs> they're into the OTO. Uh, Parsons believed in the reality of thelemic magic as a force that could be explained through quantum physics, which that's me coming again. <laughs> uh, and he tried to... <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Someone get a towel. Yeah. I told you I already have one. <laughs> Might need a second one. I need a basket uh, of towels. I do need a basket of towels. Uh, um, you, need, you need a bullskin. 
She's literally, <laughs> she's literally in the bathtub right now. Yeah, I just have my computer so precariously perched on the edge. <laughs> uh, one thing I, I want to quickly say, and then Bill, I want you to start talking, or Bill and Jake and Todd, to start talking about some of his super sweet sex magic. It's important to note that uh, he was trying really hard to convert people and did pull in Grady Lewis McMurtry, who would go on to revive the fraternal organization of the ODO later, which I thought was really interesting. And Parsons was also totally into McMurtry. Murtry's fiance, and yes, we'll and probably have to go this back point, to that. Uh, Crowley realized that par- he needed Parsons, and he needed Parsons to be as high up as possible because Parsons quickly became the biggest donator in the entire OTO organization worldwide. Yeah, and both Smith and Crowley were like totally into Parsons, and in yes. fact, um, do I have it here? Like, like Smith wrote. yes Um, but actually hold on Uh, Smith wrote to Crowley and recognized Jack as an excellent man and and mind who was Crowley-esque and valuable and even identified him as a potential successor of Crowley let's talk more about sex magic Todd and Jacob you guys do most of the talking on this because I keep coughing stuff, so I've been muting some, but I'll throw stuff in. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, you guys, you guys go for it. Like I said, I'm just here to interject every once in a while. I don't. I think you guys. The one thing I love about but, this podcast, your podcast, is how much information you guys have. It, it is so awesome. You guys do so much research, and you you get so detailed, and uh, it's why I love this show so much. It's it's awesome. I'm I'm the other way. We're kind of the we're kind of the Cliff Notes version of what we talk about, and. Um, <laughs> And which is, which is good, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. when you just want something that, but that's what I love about this show. And so I definitely did the cliff notes version of Jack Parsons. So I am literally here just to listen and learn and maybe interject okay. every once in a while, something funny or something, uh, you know, that maybe, um, aligns with what you're talking about. So yeah, get after it. I'm just here right. for a good you know time. Funny? Every time Jamie said gal said, I would go, she was a great wonder woman. <laughs> <laughs> Who? What? <laughs> Gal Gadot. <laughs> oh. um, Todd, you want to take the wheels? Yeah, I'll, take the wheels. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm just going to keep talking about too? rockets. I, I guess. Um, well, first, I want to say the Agape Lodge. Uh, yeah. That's actually the Gape Lodge because there's so oh, gape. much gaping. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we should explain. There were literally nightly orgies there at some points. Yes. Yeah. yeah, especially yeah. once Parsons um, bought the mansion that they all like moved into. There was like orgies every night, crazy shit, pregnant ladies jumping through fires. There was this guy who claimed uh, he was sexually assaulted. There was like, it was crazy. And the FBI. Hey, dude, don't, out. don't go to the orgy mansion if you don't want to be sexually <laughs> assaulted, bro. It, it, it right. was, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> got, yeah the orgy place was so wild between 30. Uh, Smith got in trouble at his main job, and his second in command got fired from the, his main job. They worked for the same company. So, from 1936 to 1939, they did no orgies, trying not to lose the, 
getting in more trouble or losing their jobs. Oh, they did orgies. They did or they did not go three years yeah. without orgy. Yeah. I don't believe they did either, but Yeah. And that like, that like, was the thing was like some of the older or those that have been with the OTO longer felt like uh Parsons was like a little too in to the sex part and promoting polyandry, which I thought was interesting. Todd, I interrupted you and I apologize. Oh no, you're you're good. I mean, um I didn't have a whole lot on that. Um and I, I don't know if it's jumping too far ahead, but I know uh you know later when he meets up with Elron Hubbard, uh they would have like circle jerks where they would <laughs> like jack each other off uh but they wouldn't like they they would not climax so it's like in a, li- in a literal term everybody like this is not yeah. like they're just like hanging out doing stupid shit jacking off like they're literally jacking each other off yeah yeah and and basically and like, edging ed- each other trying to like manifest stuff from there right and during rituals. this um uh parsons was trying to enact you know various types of of magic and spells and Elrond's uh, other like job during this was to um, document yeah, he was any, like any sort of anything that would happen. You know, they were trying to yeah. kind of like prove that, you know, they could they could make stuff happen. And yeah. so Elrond was supposed to like document and, and be like the librarian, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, no they call they call him scribe. Literally. That, yeah, that was they the call title. him the scribe. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jack, I, I have... thought, Jack thought he was communicating with gods, but yeah. Jack didn't know how to write it down himself, which so he had Elrond doing it, and he told. Well, us he felt Crowley, like Elrond Crowley had a unique ability. connection, a with, natural connection, yeah, uh, with like guardian angels and stuff. Yeah. I have yes. more on that, but we're but, also getting you, to a cool part in the rocket stuff, and that's what. Yes. I asked next. Did you guys know though <laughs> that uh, Todd Crowley was upset with this? Because the ritual was supposed to be only doing it by yourself. Yeah. And Crowley was afraid that by making their own magic rituals and spells, he would no longer be needed. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he should have he should have showed up at the gape lodge in person yes. and That's done right. some gaping. He should and, have. When, he when they, should have been gaping. Not even going to get to the later rituals we have to talk about for a minute. But this ritual too, when they would do a lot of these ones. They weren't allowed to orgasm. Right. They, so they, they keep edging, like Jamie said, because they thought as long as you never orgasmed, all the magic would come back into the guy's ball sack. And that's like, <laughs> through his sack. And he would store the magic. That, that happened to me once. That happened to me once. Oh, no. It, but just the left side, and it got huge. Ooh. There was so much magic. So wait, if magic is stored in the ball sack, where is a lady's magic stored? In the ovaries? No, it's still stored in a man's ball sack. You guys don't get to have your own. Am I giving my magic to you guys because you have ball sacks? Is that what's happening? Well, you give the magic to the guy unless the guy unless he goes inside of you. Then the gore would get the the gore could get the magic, which is that's a whole. So I'm keeping magic magic in my womb. Then I should explain that. So everybody listening, at this point, we're not even being smart asses. This is like actual concepts for these belief systems. We're not joking. Yeah. Oh, and um, so also, just real quick, um, allegedly one of these rituals at the the Gape Lodge, um, 
supposedly it brought screaming banshees yes. to the windows. Um, and and that terrified people, Foreman for the rest yeah, of his life. Yeah, for the rest of his life. Yeah. Yes. I was like, what? Yeah. That's, that's, yes. But they would also see oh, like so they, orbs, ghostly apparitions, and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So they summoned yeah. spirits and apparitions and things through these sex yeah. magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not and saying we'll, we'll talk more about this yeah. because what? when when he starts summoning basically like the banshees and all this other stuff, there's some like emotional turmoil going on with him. And I, th- to me, that's probably part of what's causing this yeah. like craziness. I think it's probably because of time. A lot of emotional turmoil with a lot of these people. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. well, because- everyone's screwing everybody else. Everyone's a little bit jealous. So yeah, it's all there. So at this point, you have the Parsons going. They're having orgies. Uh, we Jack's I- wife Helen is into. Uh, Talbot Smith, Wilfred Talbot Smith, passes into Grady McCordy's fiance, Claire Palmer, mm-hmm. and a girl who joins a little bit in 39, but permanently in 41, is also Sarah Northrup. Uh, Helen's sister. Helen's, Helen's younger sister. sister. At the same time, this is going on. There's a Teenage sister. Involving- Teenage yeah. sister, yes. That's important to point out. Because yes, she whips she that out later to control Parsons. Yes. But at yes, the same time, does. this is going on. They, we don't know <laughs> those there was a homicide involving them, but they they were actually innocent. But it, the the church was so strange that they went on the air to kill themselves in an interview, and everyone agreed we're not going to press charges, but we're also not going to air the interview what you guys do at your, at your church. <laughs> right. <laughs> so another awesome thing is happening at this time, though, that has nothing to do with sex magic and has everything to do with rockets. We're almost there. So then, also the I, I saw, well, also a lady who joined the same time was named Phyllis Seckler. Mm-hmm. She is very important in black magic and witchcraft and magic. As well, probably the most important woman in it in the 20th century. She joined during this time. It was also in the circle of Jack Parsons and all that. So, yes. uh, Jamie, before you go into Rocket, should I explain the whole Helen situation now, or do you want to get into that? No, because we're not we're not in in the Rocket timeline. We're not to that point with Helen yet. Okay, so close. go ahead. Let me catch up with the Rockets. Okay. So, late 30s, Melina goes to the National Academy of Sciences Committee on Army Air Corps Research. They are interested in rocketry, But they're calling... Well, they're not interested in rocketry. They're interested in jet propulsion, which is what the guys are calling their work at this point to get away from the stigma that we talked about. Um, And they give them $1,000 to put together a proposal on the feasibility of jet-assisted takeoff, which is called JADO. And we'll all refer back to that a whole bunch. And this is the first U.S. government-sanctioned rocket research group, which is... Amazing. I love it. I'm excited about it. Uh, (laughs) Right. And so, and through their, um, through their feasibility study, Parsons reports of rockets reaching exhaust velocities of 4,875 miles per hour, demonstrating the potential of solid fuels to be more effective than liquid types, which are primarily preferred by researchers at Goddard. And in light of this progress, Caltech and the Gaussett Group receive an additional $10,000 for rocketry research 
from the American Institute for Aeronautics and Astronautics. Um, the sad part is, is a quarter of their funding ended up going to repairing damages to Caltech buildings caused by their experiments. <laughs> and they go to NAS, they request $100,000 to continue, but they only receive $22,000. Um, and at this time, the other scientists at Caltech forced them to relocate back to Arroyo Seco because they're tired of the noise and the accidents. And another cool thing is Parsons and Foreman's experiments actually end up on the front cover of the August 1940 edition of Popular Mechanics, which I think that's pretty but cool. I want to point out $22,000 back then will be $454,314.14 today. Oh, just wait. It gets better. Oh, I know. I'm just trying <laughs> but, to get up. Because once they start this JADO project, the FBI gets involved and they have to, FBI has to ensure the secrecy of the operation. And this is when Suzanne is forced to leave the project. Uh, yes. Martin Summerfield replaces him and they get 18 other workers from the Works Progress Administration. Uh, and a guy named WPA. George. Yeah, the WPA. And George Emerson replaces Arnold as the group's official photographer. Their first work was to re- find a replacement for black powder rocket motors uh, because the mixture that was being used was unstable and caused frequent explosions and damages. And by the end, Parson, I think, goes through like 47 different iterations of this solid fuel. Um, And, uh, sorry, in 41... Uh, he actually proves that it does work. Uh, he, though it did explode, but he was able to fix that um, because they started fueling the planes right before the test rather than letting it sit all night because letting it sit was causing uh, inconsistencies in temperature and the stability. Yes. Um, and this this worked and it proved successful and reduced takeoff distance by 30%. Because what they're trying to do is give planes enough propulsion to take off faster so they can be on shorter runways if needed. Uh, It took them 62 further tests to get it right. And the national Academy of science increased their grant to $125,000. And then at what time, what year is this? This is 1940. Holy shit. That's a lot of money. Yeah. A lot of money. That's 1941. And then the military is on them. Like you got to switch to liquid fuel, uh, which they do. They, uh, sorry, it works. They get everything good. Uh, they increase takeoff distance by 30%. And the interesting thing too, is like, even though the guys were into kind of communism and leftist stuff, they were also really proud to be, uh, serving the war effort in this way. I want to point out, but this is 1940. This was a continuing problem because remember, in 1942, Doolittle's raid happened, right. which is a very important World War II raid. Well, the major issue was how do we take off on a short runway? What what can we get rid of on a plane? What can we keep? What can we take with us? Because this was a constant issue this time period of how much fuel can I take for I can do my mission? And hopefully, get back home. Yeah. And actually, 42 is the year that um, the U.S. Army Air Corps 
order 60 Jado engines from the guys. And because of that order, they formed the Aerojet Engineering Corporation with Parsons, Foreman, Molina, and Von Kerman and Summerfield, each investing $250 to open an office on Colorado Boulevard. Uh, and they brought in a guy named Amos Smith as their engineer, Smith, sorry, as their engineer and a man named Andrew G. Haley, who would later become known as the first practitioner of space law. No joke. Uh, he was recruited by Von Kerman as their lawyer and treasurer. Uh, and even though, you know, Aerojet is obviously involved in the military, it is for profit. All the guys, their vision was still rooted in the idea of someday using rockets for peaceful space exploration. Uh, Von Kierman went to Haley and said, we will make the rockets. You just make sure the corporate, you make the corporation and obtain the money. Later on, you will have to see that we all behave in outer space, which I was totally into that. Uh, and even though, you know, they're doing well with liquid fuel, Parsons still wants to address the malfunctions with his Galset 27. That, that was his, his last version of the solid fuel. And he, like, no, I'm sorry. I said 40, 42 or something. He gets up to Galset 53. So he's going through all these iterations of the solid fuel. Um, and he does end up being successful. He made it significantly more stable than his earlier concoctions and created a restricted burn rocket fuel inside a castable container that provided a thrust 427% more powerful than his Galset 27. And this fuel is what changed the future of rocket technology. Uh, he also had the idea to use uh, liquid asphalt and this thermoplastic asphalt transformed, uh, sorry, this thermoplastic asphalt casting was durable in all climates. It allowed for mass production and indefinite storage. It transformed solid fuel agents into a safe and viable form of rocket propulsion and a plasticized variant designed by JPL's Charles Barley, who would come later, was used in the NASA space shuttle program and in intercontinental ballistic missiles. And they're still used today. And Aerojet flourished during the war. They had contracts from the U S Navy. They had contracts from the air Corps. Uh, Haley would become the chairman of the company. That's the lawyer. And his main priority of course was uh, the war effort. And this is when Parsons starts traveling. He is talking a lot about Aerojet, but he's also talking a lot about the OTO and he donates some of Crowley's poetry books to the library of Congress, which is really cool to me. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, I wonder if they're still there. Oh, I bet they are. 100% that they are. Uh, and then he meets a couple different science fiction authors and a guy by the name of Anthony Boucher or Booker. I don't know how you want to say that. He uses Parsons as the partial basis for the character Hugo Chantrell in a murder mystery called Rocket to the Morgue, which I just like that. And it's during this time. So early 40s. This is when Parsons starts getting it on with Helen's sister. While Helen is away, uh, Helen returns and Sarah asserts herself as Parsons' new wife. And Helen, who's kind of conflicted over the arrangement, begins a relationship okay. with Wilfred Talbot Smith. And that but, relationship, but when Helen, when Helen got, life. when Helen got back, Sarah's literally wearing Helen's clothes. Even 
Yeah, yes. She took everything. Sarah, Sarah is but a Helen, seventeen. She was seventeen. But, but Helen also got pregnant. Yes. <laughs> by a random house guest. So you know, there's some <laughs> stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that yeah. the kid that she names? Uh, Quinn or something like that. Depends I, who you I, talk to. But I yes. don't know. I don't because I I've seen claim that that was uh, Smith Smith's kid. But I, I'm like, how would Quinn you know who's kid it is? Parsons. Yeah, how would well, you know they, they, kid they, it the is? The idea. <laughs> what I read was it was uh, pregnant by one of their many Bohemian house guests. Whatever that means. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually that was have April. Then a month later, uh, Smith and Helen uh, moved out together to uh, yes. a cabin in Rainbow Valley. Yeah, this is my favorite part of the Jack Parsons story. Yeah, yeah and Smith <laughs> retired because part, uh, Crowley pretty much forced Smith in retirement. Yeah. Yes. He tried. He tried to tell him he was a god, and then he had yeah. to go out in the desert to do a. Yeah. Yep. I think it was kind of like a walk of the abyss, which we'll explain later, and. Uh, he said, I can't right now. She's getting ready to have the baby. He said, Okay, but you have to after she after she settled in. Yeah. And this is all happening at the at the sex mansion, right? This is yeah, all this happening, is happening at the sex mansion. At the sex cool. mansion on South Orange Grove Boulevard. I wonder if it's still there. I kind of enter so sex mansion, a cabin huh. in Rainbow Valley and a place called the Parsonage, which we're gonna Yeah, the soon. Parsonage Ooh, comes okay. later. Yeah, the okay, Parsonage right. comes later. But, but believe it or not, it's uh he it kind of connects to this because at this point Crowley wanted Smith out for good. He didn't yeah, want him involved yes. with the OTO at all. Because yes. at this point, the number one guy at the OTO is Jack Parsons. Yeah. But Jack doesn't want to be number one. He wants Smith to be number one. Yes. Yep. Well, one thing to point out, they actually had a farm allotment where they raised livestock. They would slaughter their own livestock for meat and blood rituals. Well, that wasn't there. That that was at the parsonage, wasn't it? That's I saw that as being at the mansion. Yeah, but I think that's. But I at the think they did it at both places. Yeah, yeah, I saw I that involved. That, that wasn't like an either or. I think they did it at both places, and of course, Parson converts the garage and laundry room into his laboratory, and he held science <laughs> fiction meetings, orgies, and entertained children with fairy hunts in the back garden, which I like. This just reminds me. Of how boring my life is. Like we could be are doing right? all of these things, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Why so, are we not blowing up our backyards so, and then having sex in the craters? Why are we seriously, not dude? <laughs> <laughs> that we're is the question. This. We're gonna try to speed up a little bit because we already had an hour. Yeah, and a half. I know. I was just, I yeah. So that's all right. You know. Don't worry about it, guys. Todd edits this. You guys don't have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Todd <laughs> Poor Todd. Uh, I'm more about um, Todd. While so, we're on this, the subject, I just want to say real fast, I thought it was super cool. Um, in this period, at least, uh, when when Parsons is doing rocket tests, he recites uh, Crowley's poem, yeah. Him to Pan, yes. in an ecstatic manner compared to the preaching of Billy Graham. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like, and, it, and this is also the point where his colleagues are starting to kind of be like, Right. Yeah, they're starting to notice that the because he's also coming to work like hungover and right, right, right. Those foreman, night nightman is fighting Damon. Those foreman, yes. I love it, dude. Nice (laughs) reference. He's also starting to use cocaine, amphetamines, peyote, mescaline, and opiates on top 
of drinking and smoking weed. Yes. And, and, and this his is drinking when, is the absinthe he's making in yeah, the basement. His drinking is, <laughs> is right. his homebrew. I'm not doing it right. <laughs> You're not. None of us are. I'm None doing of us are doing it right. <laughs> all some accusations that every time they did a test, they would catch him whispering magic rituals and something involving the OTO, other stuff. I heard at okay. one point that he masturbated on the rocket. I, that one I did not. I've yes. heard I did not that. that, but I believe it. I have Who heard hasn't? that that he would like right. recite the poem <laughs> yeah. and masturbate on Jamie. the rocket. Jamie, whoa, whoa. yes, Jamie, time out. This is stranger happenings. We'll talk about strange stuff. We've all jacked off on rockets. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And this is and this is the same time when uh, I think this is when the murder thing happens. This is when they get in trouble. That was 1939, 1940. Yeah. This is all the same, same time they're getting, uh, investigated by the Pasadena police and the FBI, but But they were cleared quickly. Yeah. They were cleared quickly. And Parsons. But here's the funny part. Do you know why they got cleared quickly? Why? They made sure that the police never found out that Crowley and Thelema was involved with the OTO. They kept that quiet. They didn't find out two years later. I like that uh, Parsons explains to them that it's an organization dedicated to religious and philosophical speculation. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, okay, so around this time, that's when L. Ron Hubbard joined. Yes. Uh, enter L. Ron Hubbard. This enter is, L. Ron Hubbard. And then, this is when uh, Helen gets pregnant, like they move out. This is all that time. Yeah, and, well, Hubbard steals well, Sarah away really... from Jack. Yes, yes. Yeah. and technically yes. they were all dating still because at this point Elrond's living with them. Right, he moves yeah. in yeah. to the sex yeah. mansion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Sarah stops more and more stops sleeping with Jack at night and staying with Elrond. Yeah, who Jack Jack thinks Elrond is a natural <laughs> magician who who speaks with gods. Yes, and he's very very insanely jealous, but they're not supposed to be jealous because Crowley does not believe in marriage. Right. So Jack is going around thinking, I'm not jealous. I'm not jealous. Who'd be jealous? I'm not jealous. <laughs> Freaking out like that every day, they said. So he's so jealous, he does a, uh, an orgasm denial ritual called uh, Babylon Walking, I believe. Yeah. Yes, yeah, called yes. The, the Babylon Walking with uh, Ron Hubbard, like we mentioned earlier, which was supposed to be a one man operation, but he uses Elrond because he thought he'd be more sexually frustrated with Elrond in the room since Elrond's with his new wife. Mm-hmm. He thought it make he thought his edge would be better, which Crowley told him not did to do. Did they ever actually get married? I don't know that they ever actually got married. Yes. It, it says it yeah. says they ulti- he ultimately no, married no, no. Sarah. They, yeah. they no. didn't. They I don't know that they Ron? actually yes, did, did because yes, he did. He married her illegally before he even divorced Helen. That was it because he divorced Hel- Like when his divorce from Helen is finalized, four days later is when he I think gets engaged or marries the third woman. Oh, I was Sarah. talking about Hubbard. I thought yeah. Hubbard married oh. Sarah. But... Oh, no, no, no. Hubbard no. does marry Sarah, yes. yes. They but, are, yeah. What a he, soap never opera. Divorce, he never had a divorce yeah. Sarah. Very much a soap The marriage opera. wasn't technically legal. But Hubbard illegally Paul. marries Sarah. He's still married to his yeah. first wife, too. I forgot about that. Yeah. But that's, that's like 20, 30 years down the road from this. Is yes. It? Yeah. Yes. Oh, is it that and, far and down during the road? this time when like things start getting crazy, um, things are also like heating up. They PL? get involved with the Navy. Germany has developed the V two rocket. 
And Von Kierman, of course, is like, yo, you guys need to get interested in rocket research again. And this is when Tizian, this is when he's reinstated to the Gaussic group. And Who? they're given the the Chinese mathematician. Okay. Here's the That's thing. When he, don't, ever fe- don't ever feel bad about um, pronouncing these Asian names wrong. It's so hard. <laughs> Not yet. Yeah, Plus, depending on what region it was, it could be right or wrong anyhow. Yeah, exactly. It's so fucking hard. It is. <laughs> so. I can barely say regular names correctly. Yeah, same. Yeah, seriously. I, I have, like, like, every time we do one that has Asian names, I am constantly apologizing because I know right? I'm destroying it. But I'm tr- but I'm trying hard. Yeah, same. So Anyway, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's okay. So they get a $3 million grant to develop rocket-based weapons. They expand, and this is when they become Jet Propulsion Lab. And at this point, the Navy's ordering 20,000 JDOs a month, and they have to sell some of their stock to get help producing everything. And then in order to make that sale happen, the Caltech-linked employees, Wiki, Molina, Summerfield, they're like, we're only going to do this if Parsons and Foreman are removed from the company. And so Parsons and Foreman... They sell their stock, and Parsons gets eleven thousand dollars. Damn! And that's when he buys the Parsonage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his wealth is such a roller coaster. It truly like, is. It, it so, truly is. Are we done with uh, Zen and our story? I think so. I just want to say really quick: he does come under investigation by the FBI again because he's under suspicion of espionage. Because Parsons and Foreman had procured a chemical used in the Manhattan Project, n- known at the time only as X-Metal, which is basically natural uranium. But yes. they're acquitted. And I just but thought that was crazy. He was and put then, under it again, though. Yes, he was. He and was this, placed under arrest in 1951, even. Yeah. And this is when Hubbard comes in and things get crazy at the house. Well, I, I, I really I felt bad for Zen because then when he got locked. He they arrested him in fifty one, put house arrest. They said they let him go in fifty five. They actually traded him to China as a prisoner without him knowing this was really what was going on. Because no, his fa- the family that he married into was people against Chairman Mao. Wow. They traded him for eleven airmen, and he had he had to spend the rest of his life working for the Chinese Communist Party making rockets. They traded him for prisoners of war. Eleven yeah. of them. Damn. Yeah. We never and officially so, admitted to it, though, because it was so shady how we did it. Right. And Pars- I feel bad because that guy did a lot for us. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I just want to say that Parsons felt like Hubbard had an extraordinary amount of experience and understanding in the field. And he felt that Hubbard had a direct contact with higher intelligence and was the most thelemic person he had ever met and was in complete accord with their principles. Yeah, he, he believed that he was particularly shit. sensitive to detecting magical phenomena. Yes. And so that's why Hubbard was in charge of scanning the... The, the astral plane for signs ast- and visions. Yeah, 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 <laughs> while they beat it off together. Jerking, jerking off in the name of spiritual advancement. <laughs> yeah, and you know what's weird, when- though? It's like maybe they were right though. Who knows? Maybe. Were they right? right? Were I they mean, wrong? Right? Like, yeah. How do we right. know? 
I mean, maybe they could yeah. focus on shit that we can't focus on. You know, I mean, yeah. what's going on with these guys? Like they, they're yeah. so, they believe it so much that it's, there's gotta be some little bit of truth to it. You know what I mean? That's yeah. how I feel about a lot of things, you know, there's right, gotta be right. some and little bit I of truth. I want to believe that and much. I mean, yeah. Yes. I mean, Parsons is a literal genius, you know, yes. like at the very top of that, you know, echelon. So it's like, right. yeah, there, there, there's got to be something to it. Yeah. yeah. Well, their gray matter is working at a, at a different level yes. than mine. You know what I mean? Oh, so what, what, yeah, yeah. For sure. what do I know? You know, yes. like maybe they know something I don't. And it's very possible they do. It's very possible a lot of people do. You know, I mean. Right. Anyway, sorry. I'll, I digress. And so 45 is when he does that, the, the Babylon working. Right, Bill? Are you ready to talk about it now? Uh, yeah, but as we talked about earlier, that pretty much we're doing orgasm denial to try yes. to build up energy. Because he was so jealous of Sarah and Elrond's relationship, he was trying to call down a fire elemental to Ulf to be his level. He's yes. trying to imagine the perfect level for him and also have will be the whole of Babylon, which they believe would be very important to bring it to the end of the world. They wanted the end of the world because it mean the end of all the lies and deceit and the disgusting violence of humanity. Right. And this took three months and around this time, right after this was done, he, he wanted a, a, I want to say green eyed, red haired woman. Yes. Green eyed, red haired woman. Yes. And not long after this, a woman came to life named Marjorie Cameron. Marjorie Cameron. When he saw her, he knew instantly that she was the one. Yes. Unemployed the, the, illustrator and former Navy wave FYI. Yes. Yeah, she, she worked with, very important people and had clearance. Uh, the first two weeks they spent together, they spent in bed having sex, not even leaving the room. People think brought them food. And, she and what's always, crazy she had is she had no idea what was going on. She had no idea that it was sex magic. But she everybody else in the staying. lodge knew, yeah, so they're all just kind of like knew. quietly watching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he began calling her his fire elemental and saying, I want you to have my moon child. Right. Oh, the moon child. I, the moon I read about child this. is amazing. Yes. Yes. So she, after the two weeks was up, she actually went back to Chicago just to dump her boyfriend and then came back. <laughs> Damn. And like at this time, she saw, she reported that she saw a UFO mm-hmm. and Parsons recorded it secretly as the sighting of a materialization of Babylon. Right. Oh, yeah. And uh, at Marker times in this time period right now with the JPL and with the magic. You guys there? Yeah. Making sure. Okay, stick with my sound change. Marker times, there's a lot of UFO sightings around them, and they thought this was all, like, like Todd said, a good sign that stuff was going right. And who knows? Maybe it was. I don't Maybe know. Maybe it was. Know? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it but was. We still don't know what UFOs are, so yeah. hell, maybe maybe they were... Uh... Maybe it's all just Jack Parsons. Right. To this day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Marjorie was basically his answer to Sarah leaving him for Elrond. Yeah, but he did love her and he did marry her, and Marjorie ended up being who he spends the rest of his life with. Yes, but she's wild too, and she gets as much as she even after Jack later dies, she's going to spend the rest of her life as both an artist and as somebody involved in sex magic and black magic. Right. Yep. Uh, Now Elrond and Sarah. Wanted to start a yacht business where they would buy yachts. I forget from was it South America, and they were going to. They were trying to buy them from Florida, 
and they, Florida, uh, they were, move them through the Panama Canal. Yes, come out, come out, California them, and sell them and make profit on them. Yeah, so yeah. they needed money, and Jack wanted to show because Jack still wanted Sarah, not Marjorie. He wanted Marjorie for the Moon Child, which was a child not born on Earth, not through regular pregnancy. But he really well, wanted Sarah. They felt like the Moon Child. So Jack and Crowley felt like you could ascend to a higher consciousness, but it would require a shift. And they felt like the moon child would already be born with that consciousness and would be able to go into outer space. Yes. But so he still really wanted Sarah though. So to prove that he gave them the money they needed. Which she must've had some crazy, crazy going on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She was half their age. Yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> right. So he gave them the money, and they try to take off to move away on one of the ships. So yeah. <sighs> Jack was so angry, Jack immediately started what's called the Banishing Ritual of the Pentagram, which yes. is a, a and he caught upon a demon called a kind of like Beelzebub, but pronounced slightly differently. I'm not going to Bar- try to pronounce it right. Bartzabel. Yeah, you should definitely Bartzabel. try. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> and here's the, this is what's crazy. Supposedly, when they took off, it was a clear sky, no bad weather on the forecast. Out of no place, they got hit by a storm so bad that the ship was so damaged they had to, they had to land. Yeah. Yeah, they had to turn around and come yeah. right back. And to Parsons the same saw that as like the culmination of his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Said, was... The storm started right after his ritual began at five o'clock. Yeah. Yep. That's he, standard he did, standard C bullshit, yeah. I'll tell you right now. He yeah. truly, yeah. Yes. He truly <laughs> believes but he Trust truly me. believes he caused Yeah. He truly believes he caused the storm. Yeah. And uh he got to sell the ship, but unfortunately because of the damage, he didn't get most of his money back. He only got some of his money back. Well that was the thing was Sarah discouraged him from taking further action because she yes. said she would report him for their relation for their relationship the funny when part. she was underage. She she only discouraged him taking further action against her. Right. She, yes. Even though she was she with didn't Elrond, care about her. Loved him, she, she was gonna she was gonna let him She's take all so the blame. She's so manipulative, man. <laughs> he only gets back two thousand nine hundred dollars. And Crowley writes him again and says, "Look, Jack, you got too good of a heart. You're too nice of a person. Yeah. You have these people are taking advantage of you. I wish you could see that." And Crow, here's what's crazy, guys. Alistair Crowley was the good guy in this situation. Like, look, man, yeah, you can't be so right? nice. <laughs> this is maybe the only time in history Alistair Crowley was someone giving the moral and nice advice to somebody. Damn. For real, though, Hubbard was the asshole. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, yeah. You know you're a bad person when Crowley's the good guy. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? <laughs> Well, there's a little bit of good in everybody, right? That's what they say. Maybe just a little bit. (laughs) I don't know about Crowley besides this one situation. Right? Yeah. So do you want to get back into the science part of it for a minute? No, because now we're getting to the... Well, I'll just... Basically, I'll sum it up. He, like, comes and goes from having FBI clearance. Uh, He ends up going to Israel briefly to work on some stuff, but ends up getting sent back because they claim he's trying to spy... But he wasn't. Uh, and then he, he gets wrapped up a little bit in the Red Scare. But because he wasn't a member of the Communist Party and he actually sold out his friend who was, Weinbaum, um, they 
give him back his uh, FBI clearance, which I think he goes on to lose again. Things are just yes. like really messy at this he point. He loses again because he act he I think it was an accident. He gave information to Israel. Yeah. Yes. And they act. Do you, you hear what they said about him at the end? That he's no. not a spy. He's yeah. not a bad man. He just doesn't know when to shut up. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Which no one's surprised by that. At yeah. They, all. That, by the end, the federal government doesn't. Lo- they don't hate Jack Parsons. But they don't they like just, him either. Yeah, because he keeps accidentally telling people stuff he's not supposed yeah. to. But you know what? Here's the like, weird thing. Here's the weird thing: that? is that Parsons and Crowley were both accused of being spies. Right. I think Crowley was. Oh, okay. Uh, and and during this time, like he he basically works for himself mostly. Like he's still yes. making nitroglycerin, and he's like making absinthe at home. He's stockpiling his materials. He's making fireworks and explosives, and he's kind of so- doing yes. his own work mostly. And he does one uh, more magic ritual. Go ahead and talk about it. This one, I don't know the exact. I, I was trying to throw this in close to the end because it never says when exactly he did this. I want to explain that's because they all believe he did this, but he never wrote down when he did it, which he was supposed to, which was a very big deal. He did what was called crossing the abyss. Did you guys hear about that at all? A little bit, yeah. It's a 30 yeah. day thing, usually done in a desert with one other person. And he did Crowley's it with Javi, I believe. Yeah, Crowley is one of only two people besides Parsons that I know of that have done this. We bring a second person with you. You try to commune with gods, break away. You do spells every day to call up a demon. And there's other stuff you do after you call up the demon. Then at the very end, you take what's called the Oath of the Antichrist, and you take a demon name. And one of the things you have to do to uh, one of the parts of the ritual, which is very odd, is forced sodomy with the other person who's part of the ritual. But they know it too, though. So I'm not sure which one is the one who's being forced. Right. But I, I did hear that... That has to be done for the ritual. Interesting. And then he, yeah, and then he took the, what I get the name, the name's really, really odd. I had it wrote down here. What was it at? Because I, I can't even say it. The, the, the demon that he says possesses him or whatever. It's, yes. it's Balerian Armillus Al Dajal, the Ooh. Antichrist. Yes. Yeah. Because I didn't want us to get too much into it tonight. I do know, though, that name is very, very bad in Islamic beliefs, oh. kind of like their Antichrist. Interesting. So, like, he, so like, it wasn't just like a name he made up. It was actually somebody in theology. Interesting. Huh. Don't say it in the mirror three times. Yeah. Don't right, 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 right. <laughs> I can't say it once, so we're safe. <laughs> and then after the completion of that, that whole ritual... He actually wrote an autobiography as Valerian the Demon. Oh, uh, yes, it's, it's titled Analysis by a Master of the Temple. Oh, interesting. Uh, and then another one called The Book of Antichrist. Wow. And this one's about Crawley, but it kind of connects this one. There's also a book about his crossing called Crossing the Abyss and Into the Aeon mm-hmm. of the Dottle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... Because that's this is such a rare ritual. Like I said, I think only three people have done it, counting those two. And that is the last major ritual Jack Parsons does for the rest yeah. of his life. Yep. Yes. I'm not that sure what year, magic. what year that happens. Because, you know, while I know, he's right? trying to support himself, he's, like, teaching some classes about Thelema. Well, and- 
And you, you and also found out this was only mentioned in one documentary. At mm-hmm. this point, when he's when he finally loses his clearance again, up until that point, he was financially supporting Crowley because Crowley was too old now. Yeah. He, so yes. He, so he was at, up until around that point, he was still supporting Crowley, his ex wife, ex wife's baby, and Smith. Yeah. So this guy, everyone thinks was so bad. He was supporting four of the people he really had no obligation to support. Yeah. Yes. Man. At the same time that everyone else is taking advantage of him to, to start Scientology. Right. What a life. He must be he must have been such a tired soul. Because I tell you what, I, 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 have, I have kids in a full-time job, but I'm tired as fuck all the time. Yeah, like this yeah. guy. <laughs> this guy. Holy shit. It, around this point, is this when uh Marjorie got pregnant for the first time? I don't and she had I don't think she had, she had an abortion. But he, Jack didn't know about it because I don't, I don't think she thought it was Jack's. But wait, that was that's right. That was earlier. I apologize. That was around the time uh, when they, a few weeks after they first met because it might have oh. been the exes. Oh, okay. Because it wouldn't have been the moon child. Because they never had a kid. The Did they? They didn't have a kid. I don't think she had one with him. But yeah, she did have she an abortion. Yeah. I didn't know. No, wait, wait. She did. Have a kid with him? I believe she did. I, re- I saw one thing about it. Are you Let me sure? Look again. I have, I have so many pages and notes up. I have like ten pages, so right. I do too. Because we're pretty. Hey, much, I'll be back we're like in like. I'll be back end. in like two minutes. I got to pee. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be honest. I'm literally on beer five right now. Oh, nice. <laughs> this is how we record podcasts. I can't be sober. It's ridiculous. <laughs> no. Okay. I, see, someone said that that she did in one of the themes. So I wonder if maybe she was pregnant again. When he died, maybe maybe she lost it in the stress. Because I did hear she was pregnant again, but that's but that's funny. I've never seen anything about her actually having the second child, so she must not have. Yeah, I don't think so. And that puts us like we're pretty much at his death now. For my no, my like, too. Um, um, so they. Oh, oh, oh Todd has something. Yeah, go ahead. Well, just real brief. He uh, he did enter a brief relationship. After that whole thing in the desert and the Antichrist and all that, he enters a brief relationship with an Irish woman named Gladys Gohan. They oh, move yeah. to a house in Redondo Beach. Side note, I've been to Redondo Beach. It's amazing. <laughs> um, they live in a building known by them as the Concrete Castle. Oh. And um, it says Cameron returned to Redondo Beach from San Miguel de Allende and violently argued with Parsons upon discovering his infidelity before she again left for Mexico. And Parsons responded by initiating divorce proceedings against her on the grounds of extreme cruelty. Wow. (laughs) That's crazy, man. That is crazy. So I, I I don't know if it's around that time or not. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say funny, but uh, Pars- the only thing when Parsons was still living in the parsonage, he so hated Christianity and how it it was a patriarchy when he felt God to be seen as a female for the life energies that mm-hmm. he said he put up an ad for people to move in, and one of the rules was to move in. One of the only rules was you could not be a Christian. Yeah, I. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh man, where do I have that? Uh, I had like a quote from someone it was so interesting because that got him in trouble too because people thought he was basically running like a house of uh 
ill ill repute, if you will. Well, yeah, uh, kind of was in a sense. Yeah, I just, that's so nice. Nice. I'll allow that. Where do I have? Uh, I'm not gonna worry about it. <laughs> I'll allow it. We've gotten so far <laughs> at this point. So it's it's 1952. Parsons thinks he's gonna go into Mexico, basically, and establish an explosives factory for the Mexican government and recommence his rocketry career and basically just bypass the U.S. government oh, since they took away his. Parents. You know, what we forgot to say right before what? this point. When he was doing the, the Nitro walk, he was making stuff. A lot of the movies you'd watch from that time period, the late yeah. 40s, early 50s. Yes. Jack Parsons is the guy who did the pyrotechnics for all the yeah. movies. Yep. That's oh, cool. That's a good point because on June 17th, the day before they planned to depart to Mexico, he received a rush order of explosives for a film set, began to work on it in his home laboratory, and oh, an explosion. Oh, oh, oh destroyed the lower part of the building. I think Bob Lazar, I think Bob Lazar is like uh, Jack Parsons incarnate. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Um, His right forearm was blown off. His legs and left arm were broken. A hole was torn in the right side of his face. And despite these injuries, he was found conscious by the upstairs lodgers. He tried to communicate with the arriving ambulance workers who rushed him to Huntington Memorial Hospital, where he was declared dead about 37 minutes after the explosion. And when his mom found out, she immediately took a fatal overdose of barbiturates. Whoa, dude. 37 years old, too. We've been talking about... We've been talking a, a, about a lot of things, but you have to remember this is all within this maybe like 25, 20 year period. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He did so much in such a short time. Yeah. 37 years old. I'm 39 years old. So, right. Yeah, I'm 38. So, yeah. Now, yeah. Do you guys have his obituary? No. no. His obituary no. is John W. Parsons, handsome 37 year old rocket scientist killed Tuesday in a chemical explosion. Was one of the founders of a world semi-religious cult that flourished her about 10 years ago. Old police <laughs> reports yesterday pictured the former Caltech professor as a man who led a double existence, a down-to-earth explosives expert who dabbled in intellectual necromancy. Possibly he was trying to re- reconcile fundamental human origins with inhuman. Buck Rogers type of innovations that sprang from the, his test tubes. That was his obituary from the June 19th, 1952 edition of the Pasadena Independent. That's fucking awesome, dude. Wow. Now, before yeah. – I forgot, so that was cool. Now, the, the, the author, Robert Highland, mm-hmm. they think he was a spy for the government against him because oh. that was a big rumor, and that, that's what they think was talking and making him lose his clearances. And then when mm-hmm. Robert Highland died, his girlfriend – I believe his wife had everything he, he wrote shredded. I don't mean just like his diary. I mean – Everything that wasn't a published book already got shredded quickly because mm. they mm. think there was stuff in there that would in, uh, show that he was the guy stabbing all of them in the back. Amazing. Oh. That's interesting. That's only now coming to light. Interesting. And and there is some conjecture that um, this wasn't an accident. No. Uh, some of his colleagues don't say that he was more careful than that, that... Um, 
he because I what they say is that he was mixing a, a fulamate of mercury in a coffee can and dropped it on the floor, causing the initial explosion, which worsened when it came in contact with other chemicals in the room. Uh, Foreman considered this likely, stating that Parsons often had sweaty hands and could easily have dropped the can. But some of his other colleagues rejected that explanation, yes. saying that he was more attentive than that. He was described as scrupulously neat and exceptionally cautious. Which I think is amazing because we know from other things that he didn't worry too much about safety. (laughs) My my favorite theory, though, is did you guys hear the one that they thought he was trying to create a homunculus? A homunculus, yeah. Which that's pretty much a mini golem. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I've never heard of one created this way, but yeah. I know, that's why I thought that was so funny. Uh, Renate Drooks stated her belief that Parsons had died in a rite designed to create a homunculus, uh, and his death has never been definitively explained. So what do you guys think happened? Let's give all opinions on this one, because I have a a strong opinion on this one. Let's hear your strong opinion. There are people who think he was murdered. I I believe he was murdered by the officer who got out of jail right before this happened. Oh, who built yeah. bombs? Yeah. Because if you if you look at the crime scene photos, no, mm-hmm. supposedly something exploded in his hand and hit the ground. I think Howard scene, Howard Hughes had him killed. Because <laughs> well, <laughs> you would think there was a theory of the government. But did you see the explosion pictures? The explosion ripped upwards, not down. Interesting. The floorboards went up. Right, that was so I saw that. The came from his waist level to blow up his hand and his all that. They go with the flask went down. You think the wood would have went down, right? And that's but the major reason why they. If it came from sure. the floor, don't you think it would have taken his legs rather than just the one arm? Depends how he was sitting above it. He could have yeah, been standing. He could have been walking up towards that section. I don't know if he. I don't know where he was in the room positioned to where that wood was. Yeah. But I, I did Because it could be, too, that he could have been, like, bending down for something, and that's why he lost the one arm. And yeah, not they think they well, could also put a bomb underneath the floor. Also, yeah. you know, different, different uh, like, chemicals and stuff are going to explode differently. True. It's not all going to be the same. True. And, like, I am by no means an expert on I any sort like, of explosives, you know? Yeah, I kind of feel but, like he would have been more effed up than he was if it had been. But as a scientist. As a scientist. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So we really don't know for sure. We use that all the time in our (laughs) side. I could honestly see it being either or. Like, you know, I I could see somebody murdering him for a number of different reasons, but I could also see it just being, you know, negligence and yeah. on his part and yes. whoopsie i mean I he was like it. bootlegging nitroglycerin and stuff you know i mean <laughs> well you only you only have so much time right like come right, on you've right. been dabbling yeah. in this shit for so long and you fucking survived yes. it he was in a he was in the fucking suicide squad and he he yeah. made it <laughs> this yes. far and yeah, so it, it. it's it's bound to happen it's bound yeah. to happen, right it's, right. it's just it or, or or it's at least there's a good chance it's going to someday. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's true. And that's the right. cam- uh, a private funeral of the cremation. Cameron scatters ashes in the Mojave Desert, blown almost all of his possessions. And what I think is crazy is when they held a mass at the Order Temple Orientis for him, mm-hmm. Smith led the mass, which I think Parsons would have liked. 
but Helen and Sarah attended it. Of course. Sarah had the balls to attend it. Oh, they loved him. Yeah. I'm fine yeah. with Helen attending it, but Sarah, man. Sarah, yeah, Damn, I know. Sarah. Damn. Al Ron Hubble was too busy, you know, trying to take over the world. Of course through. he was. Taking advantage of everybody. Oh, my God. That's going to be a great episode when we do that. It is. I just actually came up with a third theory on uh-huh. his death. It was Balerian Armillus Al <laughs> calling him, calling him back home. You know. So is is that technically a suicide or not? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Is that a suicide oh, or a murder? Right. I don't know. Which consciousness? <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Um, I have a fourth theory. Okay. Ghost plesiosaur. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah I we haven't brought that up in a while. <laughs> no, we haven't. Uh, one of the other reasons the government did not like him is now there was rumors that he was bisexual, which ended up being proven not true. But he was he not he was against racism, against any religion or race. But he was also very pro LGBTQ. Right. He uh and Wait, you, more like, people to have orgies with. That's right. <laughs> the government did not like somebody that high up working with them who yeah. uh, was being so was inclusive too, to everybody. It's a question of morality, right? And, yeah. and, and it's, yes. right. it's who it's it's like okay, who who decides what's moral and what's not? And unfortunately, right. it's it's the people that don't want to have fun. Right. Yeah, right there with the yeah, FBI. exactly. <laughs> so I think Elamites just want to have fun. Yeah, I, don't, <laughs> you might not ruin this. This two-hour, fifteen minutes of Jack Parsons was the the shortened version. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, I we could have gone on going. another couple hours. We totally could have kept going. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Great. I'm I'm sorry. El- it was this long. <laughs> There's gonna probably be an episode about Elrond, Excalibur, and Scientology all in one. Yeah. There's gonna be an episode on Crowley, the OTO, and all yes. the other photos he did. And who knows what else might come out of, the, of this? Yeah. Who knows. I'm sure we'll talk about Jack some more. I was so excited to do this. Thank you for letting me nerd out about rocketry. I was totally definitely. Didn't have to let you. You took over. I did. Thank, I thank you for it. letting me be a part of this. Thanks Absolutely. for being here, Jake. It was so fun to we'll have you on, tonight. man. Yeah. Yeah. We sure. hope you had a good time. I'm having a blast. I That's hope our fans make it to the end of the episode. Yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> hey, well, I hope here, everyone here. Is, as, is as interested as if I. If you make it to the end of the episode, message us with the code word cuckoo and you get shit because I don't have any more. <laughs> no, no, no. If you make it to the end of the episode and you message one of us saying cuckoo, we'll send you a Stranger Happening sticker. And yeah, a yeah, flask at hand whiskey glass. Oh. Oh. No. oh. Nice. Yeah, I have like seven <laughs> stickers left. So I have I have a bunch. So email me or message me or email me at strangerhappeningspod at gmail.com and I'll send you a sticker. But you gotta tell Same. me cuckoo. Cuckoo. And yeah. also please check out the flask at hand. Yes. Go Definitely. give him a listen. Get a sweet whiskey glass. I don't have a flask at hand whiskey glass, but I gotta get you guys some. Yeah, Yeah, definitely though. Yeah, uh, check it out. Maybe you'll like it. Maybe you'll hate us. We don't care either way. Enjoy, (laughs) you know, the comedy. Mostly, just do this to be nerds and have fun with our friends, and hope that you laugh and like it. It's a fun hobby. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. It is a hobby. 
Yep. And right. it is fun. And we enjoy it. And it's our way of uh, connecting with people we love. And that includes everybody that's listening. It, it includes yeah. everybody. Well said. Sometime yeah. we need to all hang out in person with Jake so we can experience how the flask of hand records. And we'll, well talk we more can... about sex, magic, and orgies. Wouldn't that be crazy? The six of us on one podcast? Oh, my Lord. That would be wild. Guys, <laughs> and also, until the end of the month, don't forget to order your custom hammocks and such. Yeah. You've and got mention the code two more days. Uncle Billy Toe Shoes for a special discount. 10%. What about, the, what about the drinking horn guy? That's what I want to hear about. Um. They for now he had to stop production because the quality of product they were given and he felt he could not put his name on. Really? So Interesting. Looking, okay. Yeah. So he said he's yeah, looking for a new like, supplier. Supplier. Yeah, he's okay. looking for a new supplier. He's but gonna I, come back. I gotta give him credit that yeah. instead of uh, you know, selling a crap product, he goes, Whoa, that's not you got thought the part anymore. With whatever happened with the supplier, they they stopped, you know, really trying. He's like, I yeah. can't put that with my yeah. name on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As soon as he's back, Jake, we'll so send TJ, you. Our, yeah. We'll get you a, a drinking horn. Yeah, TJ, cool. I respect you for that, man. Yeah, TJ, we we really respect you. And as soon as you figure things out, let us know, and we'll start plugging you again, man. And uh, follow JL One Live on Twitch. Yep, he's fun to watch. What's he playing? Uh, mostly Fortnite no build right now. Okay. He did a nice. great series on Elden Ring. Oh man, that was fun to watch, Jake. Oh, Should I play that game? <laughs> if you do, can you stream it for I can watch? I I love I don't. Oh, it's, it's not a game that I, I don't play. Stream. It's the hardest game I've ever seen somebody play. Deal. Okay. All right. But oh, so oh quick note, play. quick note. I was doing some uh, reading on uh, the, just the Thelemic ideals, and there are people out there that believe that um, Skyrim is has some uh, Thelemic undertones. To that game, oh, so shit. yeah, Time to the Elder Skyrim Scrolls. Back out. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's one of my favorite games of all time. So I can't uh, same. Uh, yeah, same. Yeah, I've never played yes. Skyrim. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Skyrim. Then, all the Fallout's, you know, Fallout Four yes. is amazing. Yeah, um, yes, so good. Yeah. I'm a total. Just so you guys, Todd, especially you, since you don't know me as well as the other two, I'm a fucking total nerd. I love video games. But only certain ones, and I am a total sci-fi nerd. You can fucking name it. Uh, yes. But uh, yeah, I, I love Fallout. I love um, uh, Elder Scrolls. I love that stuff. That's like that's that's. Oh, there's nothing better than and, like in, immersing yourself in the world of that stuff. You know. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Like, did we he just was, become best friends? Yes. We maybe just did. Yes, you did. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love that stuff too. Final Fantasy series. Uh, oh man! Yeah, and I, yes. I love Nintendo. I'm a Nintendo nerd. I always have. I'll always own whatever the newest Nintendo is. Jake well, also loves whiskey and being naked. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's very true. I hate clothes. I love whiskey. <laughs> and that goes. That goes real deep. That goes real deep. And, and hand in hand. It does go and hand in hand. hand. Yeah. yeah, to those, I don't know how much you're going to use on this, Todd, but to those of you that are listening right now, uh, I, I have a reputation that I'm really trying to improve. So, nice. well, now you this. I've, I've unfortunately seen Jake naked, and Jake has seen me naked. Oh, well, fortunately, what do you mean, unfortunately? <laughs> 
I'm going to say fortunately, Todd? Bill. Todd, I yeah, can't decide if you and I are living right or, and COVID. or not living right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. A lot of alcohol and COVID and nothing. Yeah, I don't know what the hell happened really, but yeah. It's 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 a combination of summertime, COVID, and alcohol. And it's it's amazing what that will do to a person. interest in sex magic and thelemic principles. I'm going to be honest with you. Here. I, I might like in a different life. I might be into that shit. If I didn't have yeah. children, yeah, right. If, I, if it was just me, I might I might be dragged into that whole mess. Yeah, dragged. <laughs> <laughs> you'd, have been, you'd be leading the temple. You would. Be the <laughs> That's possible. It's possible. <laughs> Grandmaster Jake over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not the first time I've heard that. <laughs> oh what one more shout out don't forget over at monster bob decals on etsy you can use the code strange to get 10 percent off and our friend mandy has our shirt on there she designed it she prints them for us you can use the code strange for 10 percent off buy a shirt buy some stickers i gotta get one i love your logo your logo is yeah. awesome Thank you. We appreciate Thank that. You. Thank you. Yeah. I made I it. I had mine on yesterday, I think. Yeah. All right. Um, I think all right, all right. We tore well, thanks again. the floor up. Thanks, thanks again for having me on tonight, guys. Love you guys you, are buddy. awesome. It was it was a lot of fun. I hope I didn't destroy your show. No, this was great. No, it was great. Don't, don't go any place yet until we get off the air. That destroyed this was me because I went off on rockets. And and guess what? <laughs> we loved it. <laughs> okay, uh, Jake, don't go any place though until after we hang up for it fully loads, okay? Obviously, yeah. obviously. Wait, no, I'm going to be here. All right. Okay. Everybody Todd. have a good one. Todd, you have to say. All music that. and uh, <laughs> audio effects supplied by zapsplat.com. Check them out. We got a, a link in the show notes. All and right. Ty would not let me add sound effects. I asked to. I just added oh, yeah. some sound I, effects. I, those sound I, effects I were like... from Jamie Flood. Please uh, <laughs> cite me. <laughs> we'll put a link in the show notes. <laughs> I'm so tempted to add clapping. <laughs> Please. All don't. right, y'all. Keep it strange. <laughs> Bye, Billy. I don't know. Billy Kiss Tarkus. my ass. <laughs> Bye, Jamie. Good night. Bye, <laughs>